Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about pain relief in labour. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash pain relief or in the labour and delivery section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynaecology book. So let's get straight into it. There are several options for pain relief in labour and here we're going to cover the main medical options. Antenatal classes help prepare women for what to expect in labour and they can make the experience more comfortable and less scary. Several things can improve the symptoms without medications and these include understanding what to expect, having good support, being in a relaxed environment, changing position to stay comfortable, controlled breathing, water births may help some women and TENS machines may be useful in the early stages of labour. Let's start with simple analgesia. Paracetamol is frequently used in early labour. Codeine may be added for additional effect. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen or naproxen are avoided during pregnancy and labour. Next let's talk about gas and air or entonox. Gas and air contains a mixture of 50% nitrous oxide and 50% oxygen. Gas and air is used during contractions for short-term pain relief. The woman takes deep breaths using a mouthpiece at the start of a contraction, then stops using it as the contraction eases. It can cause lightheadedness, nausea and sleepiness. Next let's talk about intramuscular pethidine or diamorphine. Pethidine and diamorphine are opioid medications usually given by intramuscular injection. As well as providing analgesia or pain relief they may also help with anxiety and distress. As far as adverse effects they may cause drowsiness or nausea in the mother and they can cause respiratory depression in the neonate if they're given too close to birth. The effect on the baby may make the first feed more difficult. Next let's talk about patient-controlled analgesia or PCA. Patients may be offered the option of patient-controlled intravenous remifentanil. Remifentanil is a short-acting opioid medication. This involves the patient pressing a button at the start of a contraction to administer a bolus of this short-acting opioid medication in order to provide pain relief short-term. Patient-controlled analgesia requires careful monitoring. There needs to be input from an anaesthetist and facilities in place if adverse events occur. This includes access to naloxone for respiratory depression and atropine for bradycardia. Finally, let's talk about epidurals. An epidural involves inserting a small tube called a catheter into the epidural space in the lower back. This is outside the dura mater, separate from the spinal cord and the cerebrospinal fluid. Local anaesthetic medications are infused through the catheter into the epidural space where they diffuse to the surrounding tissues and through to the spinal cord where they have an analgesic effect. 
It's worth noting the significant difference between an epidural and a spinal anaesthetic, where an epidural is outside the dura mater and outside the cerebral spinal fluid, and a spinal anaesthetic involves inserting the local anaesthetic into the cerebrospinal fluid within the subarachnoid space. An epidural provides very good pain relief during labour. Anaesthetic options are levobupivacaine or bupivacaine, usually mixed with fentanyl. Adverse effects from epidurals include a headache after insertion, hypotension or a low blood pressure, motor weakness in the legs, nerve damage, a prolonged second stage of labour and an increased probability of an instrumental delivery such as forceps or ventouse. Women need urgent anaesthetic review if they develop significant motor weakness in their legs, meaning they're unable to straight leg raise. The catheter may be incorrectly sited in the subarachnoid space within the spinal cord rather than the epidural space. So thanks for listening to this episode on pain relief in labour. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about umbilical cord prolapse.